Hey, listen, uh, I, I want to talk to you about worship today. Um, we've been in this series about the book of Nehemiah. And this series has all been uh, leading up to today and, and, and the kind of the culmination of two years of Radical Church. We finally are having our own building here. Hopefully by December is when we're gonna get into that building. That's kind of the goal anyway. And, and so I wanted to talk about uh, the, the wall in Jerusalem that was rebuilt by the Israelites and how long it took. It was just so fast. They did it in 52 days. We've been in this series talking about how Nehemiah prayed and fasted before he ever made the plan to go back. And then once he got the permission from the king to go back to rebuild the wall, he, he kept that plan to himself. And it was just between him and God. And he prayed over that plan and brought in a couple of trusted advisors. And then he finally told everybody. Then they started to get to work on this wall. It said, uh, it was week three, we talked about built by community. So it's built by prayer, built by faith, built by community. And it says, next to him, this family built this part of the wall. Then next to him, this family built this part of the wall. And then over here, uh, this family took care of this part of the wall. And then next to him, it was all about working together. It didn't matter if you were rich, if you were poor, if you were black, you were white, they didn't care who you were. If you were a part of the community, listen, you had a role to play in helping this project get done. And so we find ourselves here today in, in, in a message, and I'll tell you the title in just a minute, but we kind of been going off this built by thing here. And, and um, you know, there's actually somebody, I believe she's in the crowd today. Is Esther here today? Is she here? Hey, Esther, what's up? She, you had no idea I was gonna talk about you today in my message. You only, they've only been coming, uh, her and her family, for just a few weeks now. But Esther actually taught me how to play guitar when I was in sixth grade. And her and her family just moved to Kyle and you're getting, I guess, at a physical therapy, my, my mom's physical therapy clinic where she works, they got on the phone and then my mom and her realized, oh my goodness, like Esther, like Shanna, oh, that's just crazy. And they ended up coming to the church and uh, they didn't even know I was a pastor, okay? So it's super cool to see her here and me preaching this message now because I wanted to talk about worship today, being built by worship. And I learned to play in sixth grade. Esther taught me, and I told her the other day, I was joking with her. I was like, honestly, the only reason why I really wanted to play guitar was to get girls and be famous. So I'm just gonna be straight up with you guys. I'm gonna be very honest. Okay, that's all I cared about in the prime age of sixth grade. So um, I, I, had a, I had a pretty good voice, and my mom said, she said, you need to have an instrument to go along with it, or else you, know, you, you won't be marketable. Like you have to have an instrument that you could play and then like, it'll be really cool. And I was like, I don't really wanna play anything. And she was like, the girls will love it. And I was like, sign me up for guitar immediately, brother. I'm gonna be honest with you guys, that's how it is, you know? And so uh, I, I started to <laughs> write my own worship songs. I, I, I dealt with that piece of me, the flesh, you know what I'm saying? So I started to write my own worship songs when I was in seventh grade. And in eighth grade, I started leading worship in chapel. I went to private school and started leading worship in chapel. And my pastor, uh, it's, it's a large church in Austin called Shoreline. That's where I grew up at. And uh, my pastor, when I was 15 years old in eighth grade, came to me and said, hey, I heard that song that you played in chapel. I'd love for you to play it for the entire church. Now, I don't know if you know how big that church is. It's massive, okay? It's a very, very large facility. And I had never done anything like that before. So, I mean, I was playing in front of a few thousand people as a 15-year-old by myself on a stage, a song that I wrote just by myself, a worship song. And it was in that moment that I felt the Lord speak to me. And he said, this is what you're gonna do for the rest of your life. 
And I automatically knew I was gonna be a pastor. I was gonna be in ministry. Music was gonna be a big part of my life. Just being in church, being a pastor of any kind was going to be a big part of my life. And so at 16, I started leading youth worship at the church I was going to. And 18, I went to Bible college. And actually these two guys that you saw here, uh, Tim, who was standing here is our worship pastor. And then uh, Alec, who plays the drums over here and his wife, Lauren, was singing right here. Um, so me and Alec and Tim actually started, okay, well, Emily's back. Emily was the band mom, okay? Emily's on sound back here. She, first off, Emily, we needed you because we were cray-cray when we were 18 years old. Emily is Tim's wife and she was our band mom and she would make sure that we were all like in check, you know what I'm saying? Uh, she would organize everything for us, but we went on tour. We did a few like uh, youth camps and different things like that. And uh, uh, Tim would play guitar and sing. I was a singer, play guitar, and Alec played drums. We had a few other guys. It was a ton of fun. And then I had a few other teams I toured with with the Bible college I was at to kind of like, you know, get more people to sign up to go to the school. Uh, at 19, I took my first ministry job and it was a middle school ministry assistant job. That was my first paid, I left college early, went online so that I could do that. And my job was actually, I was the worship leader for the middle school students. Eventually I did high school. Eventually they asked me to do college. And then I ended up getting hired at another church to do the whole church. So I was the worship pastor, creative director, doing Sunday worship. And then when I was 23, I ended up getting asked to uh, go up to Oklahoma. And that's actually where me and Lindsay ended up, uh, um, you know, really establishing a relationship. We're both Texas people. I'm from like Kyle, Austin area. She's from Fort Worth, but she happened to be going to school up there and I had some friends up there. So it worked out. Uh, I did youth Sunday worship, lots of other jobs up there. But listen, all of that to say, okay, I love worship, okay? I've been doing worship for a while. I got saved when I was seven years old at a kid's camp. How many of you know kids' ministry is important, amen? I got saved at seven years old. Come on, yeah. Well, I got saved early and, and I've been worshiping ever since. And I know how important it is to worship and, and I love preaching, don't get me wrong. I love doing what I'm doing right now. This is what God has called me to do, to lead this church. And there's a whole story about that. If you've never heard the story of Radical Church, you can go to our YouTube and look up the Launch Sunday message. It's got it all there. But it was very clear, this is what I was supposed to do. But listen, I love preaching but I think I love leading worship and being in worship just as much. Why? I think preaching brings the person of God to the table. It brings the personality and it brings kind of the, the, the what, almost the, the analytical side of your brain can turn on in that moment and say like, who really is God? It brings the person of God. But worship brings the presence of God, amen? And I love the presence of God. I, there's a quote that I will never forget. It's from a guy named Bill Johnson. He said, the presence of God is the most powerful thing in the universe. It is. You could have all the games, you could have all the fiesta stuff, you could have all the tamales in the world, but if we don't have the presence of God here in this place, I don't want this service to happen. I would rather cancel church and just go have a party then have church and not have the presence of God here and change our hearts and change our lives, amen? That's how important the presence of God is. We can do church and we can do worship. We can sing songs, but listen, there's a difference between knowing about somebody 
in being with somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Like I can know about you, but, but if you're not with me on a regular basis, like there's gonna be that disconnect. I'm not really going to get to know you in the same way as if you were with me in person. We're having coffee or we're at lunch together. We're hanging out with the kids at the park or at the PTA meeting or wherever it is that you find yourself at college. I don't know. But if I'm with you, I can get to know you on a more personal, intimate level. And worship invites God's presence into our lives. And how many of you know that it's God's presence that changes us? It's not anything that I say. It's not anything that you do. But everything starts and ends with the presence of God. And so that's why the title of the message is Built by Worship today. And I want to talk about how do we worship, but ultimately, how are we built by worship? And then at the end, uh, we're going to thank God just for a little bit again with that goodness of God song. Come on, that's some good stuff. Uh, And we're going to worship together and just put this into practice. Can we do that? We good? All right, let's do it. Nehemiah 7, 1. We're in Nehemiah chapter 7. If you have your Bible, turn there. It should be on the screen. I hope they're for you guys. And we're going to go ahead and read this after the wall had been rebuilt. So the wall's already finished. They did it in 52 days. They said, wow, this is incredible. This has been done not by human hands, but it is by the help of God that they got this done. It was so fast. And Nehemiah's talking here. After the wall had been rebuilt, I had set the doors in place. The gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. Now, I don't know about you, But when I have just finished a massive, massive building project, what's the first thing that I would think to do? Uh, I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna eat some food. I'm gonna drink something that's cold. I'm gonna splash it all over my head and I'm gonna take a break, all right? But what is the first thing that it says that they do after the wall is finished and the gates have been set, the doors are put in its place? The first thing they did was worship. The first thing they did was appoint the musicians, the Levites, which are the worship leaders of the day. So right when we finish our building project over here on the east side, what do you think the first thing that I'm gonna do is? I'm gonna say, all right, Tim, let's get the worship team up in there. Let's have some worship time. Like, let's just pray and worship and thank God for this. Why? Because we see that example here time and time again in scripture. I love that. So point number one, if you're taking notes, how are we built by worship? Point number one is worship is my response to God. Worship is my response to God. What should our response be when God does something amazing in our lives? It's an easy answer, I just told you. Worship, the first thing that you should do when God does something incredible. And there's this phrase, I don't know if you ever heard this before. Uh, I've heard this phrase in church and I just think it's an amazing phrase. Sometimes people say, look at God, right? Look at God. Look at all he's done. Come on, like, look at what God has done in your life. Look at what God has done. There's even a song. Look what the Lord has done. Come on, if you've been in church. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm gonna praise his name. Come on, you know that song? That's what I'm talking about. That is some worship right there. What is the point of that song? It's saying, look what God has done. Look at it. Take some time and think about what God has done in your life. Like it's so important. And here's the problem is we're so busy that we don't even take a second to look back and look where I came from and say, wow, God, I was really messed up. I didn't have it all together. 
or that season was really hard and, and you brought me through that. I was really messed up and I was caught in sin over here and Lord, you brought me out of that and, and look where I am today. A lot of times we like to take credit for it ourselves, but, but I think it's so important to look back and say, wow, God, you did that. God, thank you. You are holy. I give God the glory. I fix my eyes on him. Look what the Lord has done. Look at God and give him the glory. Don't keep any for yourself. And this is the thing, is it's so easy for us to do that. He's like, well, I worked hard. I put in the work on myself. You know, I went to rehab and I, you know, like did the counseling and the classes and, and I spent time with my family and, and I, I put in work with that job and, and I'm making this money. It's not God that's doing it, I'm, I'm doing this. And we have that sense of pride. Listen, at the end of the day, we know that the Bible says every good gift comes from where? Above. Every good gift comes from the Father. Everything that you own, everything you have, it all comes from God. And you could say all you want, like, man, I did this. I worked hard for this. And listen, that's fine. That's great that you worked hard for it. I think it's important to have a good work ethic. But at the end of the day, if you try to take any of that glory for yourself, listen, that's where we're really messing up because it's God that gives us the increase, amen? Don't keep any glory for yourself. Look at God when he helped you when you were struggling. Look at God when he restored that relationship. Look how God freed you from your sin. Look how God gave you peace when you are struggling with mental health. Look how God sent his son Jesus for you and look how God has changed you from the inside out. Come on, somebody say, look at God. Come on, say it like you mean to say, look at God. That's how you gotta say it. It doesn't work if you don't say it with a little, mm, you know what I'm saying? So look how far you've come and praise God for it. Maybe you're not where you wanna be today. Maybe you still got some work to do on yourself. Listen, can I be honest? I'm the same, I'm right there with you. There's nobody that's perfect. We're working towards Jesus. We're working towards God. We're all working on ourselves all the time. So even though you're not where you wanna be, man, give God thanks for where he's brought you so far and then keep your eyes on him and keep moving forward, amen? Man, goodness gracious, when we sing and when we worship Jesus, we're not just appeasing an angry God. A lot of times people think that God's angry. He's up there just like, oh, they really messed up this time. Awful. Been watching you down there, sinning. <laughs> like, what do you think he's doing? Like, that's really what we think God's doing? <laughs> Absolutely not. We're responding to the goodness of God. He is an amazing father who loves his kids and I love that song, it says, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. It's amazing lyrics there. Like with every breath that I have able, I will sing of the goodness of God. What incredible lyrics those are. And like, do we really know what we're singing there? Man, I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, Lord, Jesus help me. Number two, worship is my reverence for God. We're sticking with the R theme today. Worship is my reverence for God. The first one was response. This one is reverence. Nehemiah 8, two through three. On the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. All the people listened attentively to the book of the law. We'll skip one verse, five through six. Ezra opened the book, all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. 
Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Here's the deal. We get to chapter eight. Go to chapter seven, chapter eight, and then all the way through chapter 10, what do we see is one of the greatest revivals that has ever happened in the history of humankind. It's an amazing revival. You might not catch that necessarily if you don't know what you're looking for. But when you read these verses, what are we really seeing here? People are gathering in the streets to hear God's word. They're confessing their sins to one another, praying together, and ultimately they're humbling themselves before God, saying, Lord, we have messed up. We have gone away from you. That's why we were in exile. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us back. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. We're looking at you and we're saying thank you for where we're at. And now they're committing to follow God's plan in the future instead of their own plan. It's, it says here, they gathered together for seven days for six hours every day. These are thousands, thousands, and thousands, and thousands of people that are gathering together doing this, reading scripture, and then trying to understand how to apply it to their daily lives. I love that it actually even says that in a passage just a little bit later. It says, the scribes, the teachers of the law, the people were there to help those who didn't understand, understand what the book of the law was saying. I think that's so important. How many of y'all know it's hard to read the Bible sometimes, right? Like you're reading it and you're like, what in the world is happening, okay? And that is my job. That's our job as pastors and leaders and teachers to help people understand and apply the book to your everyday life. It doesn't help you if it's only applicable to people 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. It, how does this apply to me and my life right here, right now with the situations and the problems that I'm facing today? And I think that the Holy Spirit speaks through scriptures and applies it in multiple ways to different people. God speaks to us individually. So I love that part of it. Listen, here's the deal. They're reading scripture together. Do you want to parent your children better? Read the word of God. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Do you wanna have a better marriage? Read the word of God. You wanna find peace and joy in your life? Read the word of God. Do you wanna experience God's power? Read the word of God. Like anything else? Read the word of God. It all starts with the word of God. Why? Because this is how you get to know the God that you sing about. What a shame it is. In, and I think in Christianity, especially Western Christianity, many Christians will go to church. Many people will come on a Sunday morning and they'll sing great songs about God, but they never get to know God. Like I'm singing all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. Like your goodness is running after me. Like, do you know that that is who God really is? Like that his goodness is running after you, is chasing after you and me. God is a jealous God. That's what the word says, that he wants to have a relationship with us. Like, do you know who God is? Not just about him, not what somebody else thinks about him, not what I even say about God, but have you got into the word of God for yourself and let it change you from the inside out. It says God's word is alive and active, amen? It is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It is useful for teaching, equipping, rebuking, all these different things. It will change you from the inside out. I've read my Bible so many times and have been absolutely cut to the core. Have you ever had that experience before? You read a, a passage or just even one verse and it just came across at the right time and you were just like, oh, 
no, like, why did I read that, you know? And the conviction of the Holy Spirit just comes over you and like, wow, I've got to make a change. I have to make a change in this area of my life. Or like, wow, God, thank you so much for revealing that to me. Or, or thank you, God, for helping me to see the situation more clearly than I ever have before. God, thank you for that. I've been compelled to change the way I'm living in response to what I have read. And what is that ultimately? That's called repentance, amen? Uh, that's, that's turning away from your old life and moving toward God. And so the last point today is worship is my repentance before God. Worship is my repentance before God. And the worship team can go ahead and come on up. We're gonna lead some worship here in just a minute. Nehemiah 8 9 says this. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. They're telling them, hey, you don't gotta cry. It's all good. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Listen to that. All of the people had been crying and weeping and sobbing as the word of God was being read. How many of you know that those are people that are humbled? Those are people that are realizing that they've made mistakes and that they need God in their lives. They're saying, God, I can't believe we've messed up. I can't believe we've gone this far away from you. And after praising for God for what he had done and helping them rebuild this wall around their city, all they could think to do was cry because they realized, God, we've drifted so far away from you. We've gone so far and, and our sin is so bad and God, you're so good. And we know it's time for a change in our lives. It's time to give our lives back to God and stop living our way, but live your way. That's what this is all about. I wanna worship God and experience his goodness. But a lot of people will do this. They'll say, I wanna worship God and experience goodness, but I still wanna be unfaithful to my wife. I'm still gonna do what I'm gonna do. Like I'll come to church on Sunday morning and I'll, and I'll praise God and I'll sing these songs. I'll sing about him, but I don't really ever know him. And then I'll go away and I'll do the exact same things I was doing before. You know how many people live that life? What a sad, awful way to live. And if you're living that way right now, you know it stinks. I did that for a long time. I'd go to church on a Sunday morning when I was young and then I would realize, I knew that I was struggling with other things on the side and, and it got to a point where I was just like, you know what, like whatever. You kind of get to the point, you're like, you know, I can, I can make this happen, I guess. Like I can come to church on Sunday and then just like still do whatever I want. And you just kind of push it down so far so many times that eventually it's, you just don't hear it anymore. You know what that is? It's called grieving the Holy Spirit. We're pushing the Holy Spirit's conviction away so many times that eventually your heart becomes hard and you stop hearing from God. And that's a really, really sad place to be. But I know there's some of you in here today that that's you. So I want the Holy Spirit right now to soften your heart back towards him. How do you do that? You have to make the first move. You have to say, listen, God is chasing after you, right? His goodness is running after you. He's a jealous God. He wants a relationship with you. But, but, but God can't make you do anything, right? Like you have to choose and say yes to God. And I'm gonna soften my heart before you. I'm gonna humble myself before you, God. Recognize that I'm a sinner. Recognize I've made these mistakes in my life. 
recognize how inherently like I've done so much wrong, but God, yet you call me good. You call me holy, like I'm a son and daughter of God. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that identity behind and I'm gonna hold on to this identity that says I'm a part of a royal priesthood, amen? Like, like I am a son and daughter of the most high God. God knows my name. He knows every hair on my head. He knows every detail about me and he wants a relationship with me. Like, do you see the difference in these, in these identities that we see here? And then when you're over here and when you're on the journey, let's say you're going on this journey, you're going towards God every step along the way, look back and look at God. Man, God, you've been faithful. That's why they built altars. Do you know what an altar is? An altar was just like a pile of rocks usually, straight up, big pile of rocks. What was it for? So that they remember what God did there. Y'all remember when, we walk, when I walked past it? Yeah, y'all remember what God did here? So cool. And he brought fire down from heaven that one time. That was crazy, right? That one time that he led us through, you know, with that, that pillar of fire, that was amazing. He, he, part of the Red Sea through Moses. That was insane. That was crazy, guys. You all remember that? We built an altar right here. Every time you walk past it, you remember. I'm not thinking about my past and being like, ah, oh, man, I was really bad then. I was so messed up. No, no, you're thinking like, God got me out of that. Wow. And look where I'm at today. You see the difference there? Listen, I wanna let God change me from the inside out. And I hope that you would allow him to do the same thing for you. Some of y'all are here in this place and, and you know that you're far from God. You know that you haven't given your life to him or maybe you have in the past, but you're like, hey, I just need to get right with God today. Like I know that I've been stuck in some of this stuff. I've been stuck in some of this sin. And I, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to beat yourself up and have guilt and shame and condemnation because that's from the enemy. That's from Satan, right? So if you're feeling that way and you just feel awful about yourself, that's from Satan. You know what God, you know what conviction of the Holy Spirit feels like? Like, hey, this is awful. And I, I know that this is, a, is not a good place to be, but it leads you towards God. It leads you towards something better. Conviction, uh, is, it leads you towards God. Condemnation actually leads you to depression. So you have to know the difference. You have to know what you're feeling inside and, and, and take that thought captive and say, you know what? No, Satan, I'm not gonna be depressed. This is not condemnation. This is not that kind of a moment. This is a Holy Spirit divine moment where God is bringing me back into the family or bringing me into the family for the very first time. Listen, I'm telling you, I want every single person in this place today to leave here with the relationship with Jesus. On our two year church anniversary, I would love nothing more. Yeah, we can have tamales. Yeah, we can party. Yeah, it's gonna be hilarious and we're gonna have a great time. But at the end of the day, if we don't have the presence of God, if we are not built by worship, this church, I would rather not have this church. And I want your life to be built by worship. You know, worship's not just a Sunday morning thing. You know that, right? It's a lifestyle. It's an everyday thing. It's an everyday waking up reading your word, reading your word and, and getting in the word of God is worship. Why? Because you're getting to know the God that we sing about, the God that we worship. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that about you, God. That's amazing. Wow, I, I didn't know this about you. I didn't know that that's how you think about these kinds of things. Lord, would you help me to think the same way that you think? Why? Because your ways are higher than my ways. That's worship. Did you know that? We get together and we sing, or maybe you go on your own and you just put on some worship music in the car. I can't tell you how many times I do that. 
there's been times I've had to pull my car over because I'm just worshiping so much and I'm just like crying and sobbing and I'm like, Lord Jesus, I can't drive right now. I gotta pull over. I'm serious, y'all. You get to that place and it's just like, God is good and he's holy and he's massive and, and, and just, but he cares about me. That thought alone is enough for me to just, just absolutely lose it. I want you to be built off of worship and I want you to know that God loves you here today. Somebody just needs to hear that, that God loves you. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've done, he cares about you and he wants to have that relationship with you. Would everybody stand in this place today? In a moment, we're gonna thank God for his goodness and his faithfulness for our church in the last two years. Guys, we've grown. It's amazing what God has done. We're even looking to go to two services here in a little bit. We got our own building. I mean, the plans were just submitted last week. I mean, things are moving forward. But listen, I don't want the church to move forward and for your life to stay stagnant. What's the point of having more people here if if all these people are just staying the same. I want you to be literally transformed by the power of God in your life. That's the story that I wanna tell about Radical Church 10, 20, 30 years from now. Because man, you remember when John gave his life to God and he was just like so messed up and then man, look where he is now. You remember when that marriage was totally broke, it was on the rocks, like they were a about to get divorced. Like they were saying that word, like they, they were trying to figure out how to split things up, what to do with the kids. And then like, bam, like God just got a hold of them. And then look where they're at now. Like, like they're leading a marriage small group and they're helping other people through that. Man, you remember when that guy was caught in addiction and then he got through it, boom. Like I'm telling you, that's the story I wanna tell. You remember when that person was so far, they hated Christians, they hated God, they hated everything about the Bible, about church, all of it. And yet now they're here and they're serving, they're on staff at Radical Church. That's the story I wanna tell because it's about the presence of God changing us, amen? So what I wanna do is I want everybody to bow their heads in this place. And I want all of us to just make a commitment to say, God, I'm gonna be built by worship. I'm not gonna be built by my own life, by the things that I want, by my plans. I'm gonna be built by worshiping God. And as you worship, I guarantee you, God will change you. And you don't have to say anything the right way. You don't have to do anything in particular. All it is is, is you have to, true worship can only come from a surrendered heart to God. You just have to surrender and say, God, I want more of you. So what I wanna do with every head bowed, every eye closed, there's somebody in this place today that needs to give their life to Jesus for the first time or maybe rededicate their life. And if that's you, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Your life will not be perfect. It will not be easy. But if you make that decision today, I guarantee you, you know what you will have is the Bible says you'll have a friend that sticks closer than a brother that when you feel alone, you'll never have to feel alone again because you know Jesus is right there by your side. The Holy Spirit, said, the word says the Holy Spirit will illuminate your path. The same way the word of God illuminates our path. You're not gonna know 30 steps ahead, but God can reveal the next step to you. And you take another step by faith, believing that God is faithful. He's gonna help you to restore that marriage. He's gonna help you to overcome that addiction. He's gonna help you in so many areas of your life. 
to get rid of that pride or that anger that you've been dealing with, that unforgiveness for that person that hurt you. All of those things, you'll be free. You'll have peace in your life, even when there's a storm around you. So if that's you today and you'd like to say, hey, Pastor Trevor, I'm gonna give my life to Jesus with no one looking around. I just want this to be between you and God and me right here in this moment. If that's you, would you just raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. Let me see you. I see you in the back. Come on, is there anybody else today? You wanna give your life to God today? Come on, I see you back there. Yes, I see you. Come on, man. Yes, come on. Is there anybody else? I wanna give you a moment. There's three. Is there anybody else? Raise your hand high and look up at me. I see you, come on, right here in the back. Yes, thank you. I see you right here, over here too. Come on, there's about six people today that are giving their lives to Jesus. Can you give God praise for that right now? Amen. Hey, would you all look at me right here, just for a moment. We're gonna pray. Uh, and then we're gonna worship, all right? And I want you to let this thing build your faith right now. I want this to be a worship time. We're thanking God for Radical Church. We're thanking God for where he has taken you in your life, where he's taking your family in the future, where he's taking our church in the future. How many of you know that our best days are ahead of us, amen? Your best days are still ahead of you. I believe that in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray together. Father God, I thank you in this place that there are people saying yes to you today. God, help us to support them, to lift them up, to help them in their new journey with you. Father God, I ask that everybody in this place would build their lives on worship. Build our lives on the word of God. It's the lamp unto our feet, the light unto our path. God, your goodness is running after us. You're a jealous God. And so Lord, help us to turn our eyes, to look at God and to see everything that you've done and to believe that our best days are still ahead of us because you are on our side. God, you are fighting with us. You are fighting for us. There is no giant that is too big, no mountain too big that you cannot conquer. God, we thank you and we praise you in this place. Come on, would you just lift your hands up? We're gonna worship Jesus in this place today. Come on, sing it out.
Let's lift up a shout of praise. God, you're worthy. Yes, you're worthy, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, uh, Rachel's coming up here. I think she's about to steal the mic from me. I don't. What, here you go. <laughs> Thank you. All right, your family's right back there. We want you to get with your family real quick. All right. Yes, bring them. Yes. All right. So hasn't God been so, so faithful to this church? The goodness of God in this place. Look at this place. Look at all of you here. I want you guys to just sit right there on those chairs. We have a special surprise for you on the screen. Um, so we just, um, Pastor Trevor and Lindsay, they um, are, we are uh, parented by Discovery Church and Discovery Church just wants to, um, you guys can all have a seat. Discovery Church wanted to send a video and just bless on um, Pastor Trevor and his family and all of us today. So um, from having Cornerstone, from Negley to Wallace to now having our own place, like just give praise to God right now in this place for the goodness of God. So we're not, we're not alone. We have people behind us. We have people, we have people in front of us. We are so loved and so blessed. So here's, here we go. This is Pastor Kevin. And Martha. Hey, we just wanted to wish you a happy two-year anniversary. We love you and Lindsay and Trevor, and uh, we think God's got great things in store for you, and the best is yet to come. We love you, Radical Church. Happy anniversary. Hey, Trevor, great job going on down there at Radical Church. Super happy for you all. Uh, can't wait to hear about even greater things that are going to be done, and congratulations on the two-year anniversary. Hey, what's up, Trevor and Lindsay? Man, I'm beyond proud of what you guys are doing uh, down in Kyle, Texas. Two years. Let's freaking go. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep pushing. Keep doing great things. Keep changing the world. Um, and the best is yet to come. I cannot wait to see what you guys pull off. I love you both. Hey, Trevor and Lindsay. We just want to congratulate you guys on two years with Radical Church. You guys are incredible. Love you. So proud of you. Can't wait to see what God's going to continue to do through you guys. Happy birthday, Radical Church and Woo! Pastor Trevor and Lindsay. I remember when y'all sat on our couch and we talked about this for a few hours, and it was so great to be there in January and to see it coming through, and we can't wait to see what God does through the church and through you guys. Love you guys. Dream come true. Love you. Believe in you. Hey, Pastor Trevor. It's Matt. I just wanted to wish you and Lindsay a happy two-year anniversary at Radical Church. Uh, I know everybody here believed in you. I didn't. I didn't think you guys were going to last two weeks, let alone two years. But I've never been happier to be proven wrong. So again, congratulations, and I'm wishing you guys all the best. Hey, Trevor, two years of Radical. Praise God. The plan was from the beginning. It's still the plan, and it will be the plan until he's finished. Keep going. I love you. God bless you, Lindsay, and the kids. Trevor, Lindsay, Oakland, Tegan, we love you, we miss you, but we're so proud of you, and we're so excited for what God is doing in Radical Church. You guys are blessed by your pastors, and we are always praying for you guys. Yes, we're praying for you guys, we're praying for your church, we're believing the next year is going to be even better than the two before, so we love y'all, keep doing what you're doing, and we can't wait to hear from you. God is radical! Woo! What I love about stuff like this is that, um, <laughs> so me and Trevor, like weekly, we sit down and we plan out the entire service and such. He has no idea that any of this is happening. And so he's just there in the front row, just like, 
and it's just the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> but like they said in there, you know, there's, there's a whole group of people who have been believing in, in both of y'all this entire time. And then for us who have known, you know, you Trevor specifically for a long time, we've just known since, I mean, day one that it's like, okay, there's, there's something about him. There's something about the calling in that. And there's something about that that's going to turn into something amazing. And so throughout everything that's, you know, that's happened, it's just been incredible to see you grow, uh, of course, to see y'all meet. And, oh, man, when Trevor first told us about Lindsay, it was hilarious. Because um, Trevor, who is never short on words, was just like, bro, you just, bro. She's it's, pretty. She's, she's so, so pretty. She's so, she's so pretty. She's pretty. She's so pretty. And, and bro. And guys. And, but I mean, even then, like, you were speaking life into her, like, to us, like before we'd even met her, you know, just the way that you were speaking love over her and speaking love over your future family was just incredible to like, just to follow. And so I just, I want to thank you for leading us in this. I just want to, I want to thank you for pulling us on. <laughs> Nowhere else I'd rather be. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, Tim hit the nail on the head. Like Trevor's been just this great guy in our lives from, from day one. I remember Kind of the same story. We met him, you know, in college, uh, and then next thing you know, we're his best friend. I was just like, okay, this guy's never leaving my side. All right, cool. Um, he's, a, he's a golden retriever. Yeah, he's a golden retriever. He's like, friend, you want to be my friend? Okay, all right. <laughs> and, his nickname used to be Rovert because yeah, he'd be Rovert. like, come here, Rovert. <laughs> Rovert nine thousand. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but from from day one, Trevor's been just this ray of sunshine in our lives. He's been this great guy that's always been speaking life. Um, and the negative bones in his body just don't exist. It's all about positive bones. He's always speaking life. He's always bragging on his friends, always bragging on his family. Like, God, Tim, you're so good as a guitar. Alec, man, that drum part, it was so good. We're like, Trevor, you sing pretty good too, man. Like, give yourself some credit. But, um, man, we just love you. And just from, yeah, day one, you've been just an amazing friend from, from Cornerstone to, to Negley to, the, to you know, all the different ministries we've been a part of. Like, man, like, I couldn't see my life without you, honestly. Um, and even in recent times when I've been losing family, you know, um, you were in my wedding, you were in Tim's wedding, like, you're with us in the valleys, you're with us in the mountaintops, like, you've been just this awesome friend and an even greater pastor to us. Um, I'm so excited for what the future holds these last two years. I didn't think we were going to happen for Lauren and I. We were at another church, happy and content, and then God was like, no, you're going to Radical. I was like, all right, cool. And from that first sermon, man, uh, we knew we were at home. We knew we were home here at Radical Church, and uh, we love you and Lindsay, Tegan, and Oakland. And so just thank you so much for your ministry and your love that you've just poured out each and every day for all of us. And um, just for a quick raise of hands, who knew Trevor prior to Radical Church? Man, look at that. I just, wa I just wanted to point that out because your influence, man, is, is so far reaching. Your gifting and just the light that you exude will attract people. And we know it's not just you. It's our Heavenly Father speaking through you. It's his son who died on that cross so many years ago, speaking through you, working through you, wanting to be just out in the city council, wanting to help with this, this entire community. This community is, is being brought together by Radical Church, and you're at the forefront of that. And we want to raise you up, lift you up, and continue to do that. So, um, if you can get your hands up now, we want to extend them towards Pastor Trevor. And if you could um, pray with me, um, I'm going to pray. Oh, do we want to do that? Real quick, sorry, put your hands down. Uh, <laughs> that was your job. 
we did have a card uh, for you, Pastor Trevor, um, just showing our appreciation for you. Um, you don't have to open it now if you don't want to. We, we don't need you to cry right now. Uh, you can cry later at home. But um, that's just a small token of our appreciation for you. Uh, but yeah, so now, now you can raise your hands. <laughs> um, and just pray with me uh, vocally and really however you feel comfortable. But dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. And we thank you for this time where we can come together as, as friends and family as strangers, Father God, as brothers and sisters in Christ of kings and queens, Lord, in the kingdom, where we can just grow each other, Father God, in this amazing building here, Father. Um, this, this temporary home that we have here at Wallace has been amazing. It's been fantastic. You've, you've grown and cultivated relationships. You've um, continued to speak life in each and every one of us here, Father. And as we move into our next building, into the next chapter of Radical Church, that you continue to see, we'll continue to see growth, Father, and we can see growth in Pastor Trevor and Lindsay and Oakland and Tegan and this family, that we would support this family and not tear them down. We would, this community would just gather behind Pastor Trevor and his family, that they would just come and rally with him anytime there's a wedding, anytime there's a funeral, that they would just be there for Pastor Trevor and his family to continue this, this path that he has set forward for radical change, radical movement, and this radical community that we have here at Radical Church. We thank you so much for what the future holds, and we thank you for the past that we've had. These last two years have been amazing, but as we celebrate the future, Father, that we would just follow your footsteps because we know that Pastor Trevor is following in your footsteps each and every day. This man of God that you've appointed for a time as this, a man of God that you have called to this community, to Kyle, Texas, Father, that you just continue to grow him and that you just show him love. And as we go out and celebrate with tamales and mariachis, that each and every one of us would just give him a big hug and, <laughs> and we would just love him, Father. And never pray. Amen. Make sure to give him a hug, guys. All right? He loves those. <laughs> I think Rachel has a... All right. That being said, we'd like to invite you guys to stay afterwards. We are going to celebrate fiesta style. So we're going to have an amazing time. We're going to have a grito competition. We're going to have a best dressed. We're going to have musical chairs, pin the tail on the donkey. It's going to be amazing. So um, please join us. Hey, thank you guys so much. Thank you to the team. And you guys are just incredible. I literally had no idea this was going to happen. So, um, Honestly, I am just, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I'm like very humbled. Thank you. Um, I never knew that when God called me in 2017 to come back to my, what I would call my hometown here in Kyle, that this would be um, what would happen. I just really didn't know. And I'm just grateful that, that God has done it. So I want to encourage you guys, fill out a connect card, please. And then come back next week. We're going to talk about Pastor Brett Owen will be with us. He's an amazing pastor. He was my first boss in ministry. And he is preaching about perseverance, how the Israelites, at the end of it all, they were not persevering. They had God on their side, but they weren't persevering. I don't know what's going on with this mic anyway. So come back next week. We would love to see you. Fill out a connect card. Let's go have some tamales. Amen. Let's do it. See you guys.